Nate's come out with another awesome tool for the swimming community. It's called Swim Nerd Live, and it allows the data and times from your actual scoreboard to be broadcast and viewed in real time on any smart TV, phone, or other device. It has all the information you're looking for, event, heat, lane, name of swimmer, times and places. One click on any device and they're watching your swim meet live in real time. Go to swimpractice.com to learn more. All right, Chad LeClaw, welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, it's great. All good. All good. Yeah, mate. Well, so where are you coming from right now? So I'm just at my parents' place in Durban, in South Africa. Um, yeah, I've been here for since just before, just after ISL. So end of uh, uh, beginning of December. So yeah, I've just been stuck here for the last couple of couple of months now. <laughs> so yeah. So tell me good. why is that? Why why did you have to go back to South Africa? Um, well, basically, I went to Turkey right after ISL, and uh, I spent I think two weeks there. And then, yeah, we just we just came back to South Africa, obviously for Christmas. And then, you know, with uh, COVID and lockdown, and obviously the virus isn't doing so great here in South Africa, so we can't really travel anywhere. So, kind of been stuck here. I thought it was going to be home for like two, three weeks, and then back in January, and then here we are, heading into the middle of March. Uh, you know, not not quite sure what's happening, but yeah, making the best of the situation. You know, it's still it's good to be home on on one side, but obviously. Um, would be more ideal if I could be with, you know, my, my coaches and, and teammates. Yeah. Now it's been pretty crazy, I guess, like in terms of training facilities and training times, how, how have you worked around that? that has, that's been a big ch- challenge for me because we've actually like, for me coming, coming from here, like luckily it's still quite warm and we have obviously, we don't have many long course facilities. So, mm. you know, I've been, I've been mixing around four different facilities. Um, you know, some are even 45 minutes away. So, you know, I've been traveling quite a bit. Um, I got luckily I got my school pool, my high school uh, pool, which actually named after me, which is quite nice. So <laughs> that's a short course pool, which I, I'm usually doing in the evenings, uh, the afternoons. But uh, most mornings, I'm definitely trying to find some long course. And sometimes it's a bit of a drive, you know, north or down to the beach. It's yeah, can be quite crazy. <laughs> now tell me this: they're not going to make you go through trials to qualify for the Olympics, are they? No, they are definitely, definitely. Uh, yeah, I think I got trials in uh what's today seventh yeah so we got uh just over a month oh come on south africa come on you can't tell yeah. me that you're not an automatic selection man come on uh yeah man i've never been automatic selection i promise you I've, I've had to qualify every year in april first week of april usually during my birthday um yeah even for short course man <laughs> wow are they putting so, standards on it or is it just a top two finish what, what's the what's the um how are they doing it so we actually raced last weekend uh we had a, we had a competition here in Durban uh, at Kings Park, which is like the main facility, uh, like our national center. I mean, not a national center, but it's our, you know, it's our, where we have nationals every year generally. Um, and yeah, we had, uh, it was kind of weird because we, you know, it was, it was definitely very well run, but you know, it was because of the COVID protocol, we only allowed 60 people in a venue, which includes the warm-up pool. So we had to have, you know, whatever it was, 15 officials type of thing, you know, timekeepers with the, uh, you know, uh, starters. Um, so, we only had like 20 people in for the first 30 minutes or 30 people in, and then we had to change it out. So it was uh, during, you know, it was run really, really well. Um, full credit to them. Uh, you know, Wayne, who got who organized that, but also uh, it was difficult because we had to also try and qualify, but it wasn't, you know, it's very hard to try and, you know, get ready for that when you, you know, obviously have Olympics and you have uh, 
uh, bigger events coming through. So, you know, obviously I didn't, you know, rest or shave or anything. So I kind of just swam through that and yeah, went from there. Now, what's the events you're going to try and qualify in for Tokyo? So I'm obviously going to swim as much as I can. Uh, I usually try to swim a lot of nationals, but I mean, realistically, I'm going to swim obviously the 100 and 200 fly, uh, the 200 free. I'll, I'll probably try and qualify 100 free uh, also, uh, just depending on the program. But that's always the one that I can never uh, get to swim because it's always just before the two fly at the long course meets. So mm-hmm. the only time I really swam 100 free was in 2018 in, uh, in Oz uh, at the Commonwealth Games. So yeah, other than that, um, just going to look for, forward to those couple. And uh, yeah, I'll just get as much racing as I can. I swam a turn it back last week. <laughs> it wasn't too great, but uh, just had a go there. But uh, yeah, other than that, just keeping it, uh, keeping keeping training hard. Man, I was looking through your bio and I want to talk to you about, you know, your own history a little bit in a second. But, you know, going through your bio, you, you've you kind of been all over the place in terms of your, your event um, list and, and what you swim and when you swim it and how you swim it. I'm not really sure how you're making your decisions, but, you know, even just talking to you now, it seems like, look, you can swim anything. There's no doubt about that. But have you ever thought to yourself, there's a time where you wanted to maybe specialize in an event where it was just say, I'm, I'm going to shoot for the two fly at this world championships or the two free at this Olympics, or, or even just say, I'm going to be the best hundred freestyler in the world. Have you ever had that mindset? I have, you know, but I think when I was younger, you know, I, I trained obviously like medley based type of training and I was actually a breaststroker, you know, when I started that. So, you know, until I got my groin injured, um, that's kind of why I kind of switched to fly. So, you know, that was the, you know, pretty much while the Olympics was going on, while I was watching the Olympics on TV, I kind of tore both my groins and then started swimming butterfly later, later that year. Um, so I think it was actually just before that. It must've been during Olympic trials, something like that. But, uh, yeah, I remember swimming my first two fly at the end of 2008. And uh, yeah, it was kind of a mixed bag because obviously I went to London and I was, you know, focusing heavily on medley. You know, I thought I could, I could actually win that for medley uh, with half mm-hmm. a groin. Silly me. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously I was training really hard for the, for the butterflies. And, you know, it's, it's kind of always been based around medley and then, you know, branching off into dabbling into a couple of two frees and, you know, obviously 100 fly. And, and now I think recent years, obviously focusing more on freestyle and butterfly. Um but yeah, I feel like I'd like to, you know, maybe after this Olympics, definitely see what happens and then, you know, reanalyze after going into the Commonwealth Games and then just like have a good push to, to the next Olympics, maybe with a focus on, the, you know, 100 free, 100 fly. You know, yeah. I see yeah. myself branching off into that direction, you know, having a full go at that and, and seeing what I can do. Good stuff, man. I love that. Um, now, listen, you talked about that. What was your first Olympic experience, first memory of the Olympics that you can remember that kind of inspired you? For me, it was 2004 when obviously the the relay boys, um, they you know they won the gold, mm. uh, and it was the 4 100 freestyle, and that was the first real, uh, you know, especially for South Africans, it was a really big deal because we hadn't you know hadn't won for many years. Uh, obviously, Penny won, uh, you know, I think it was eight years before, but uh, yeah, it was it was a big moment for us uh, because we kind of knew uh, Darren Townsend, who was one of the guys. He was he was 19 at the time. And he actually trained with us uh, a little bit going into that Olympics. So mm. we had a bit of a personal investment. I was obviously still 11 years old. I didn't know too much about anything, but uh, that was very inspiring. And obviously, you know, Michael at the time, I got to see him win the six golds in Athens and that kind of motivated me, uh, you know, a lot. And, you know, it just kind of snowballed from there where I kind of um, focused on, you know, just just enjoying it and trying to get better. You know, even though I was quite young, I, I, had, a, I had a goal in my mind 
right from the right from the off, you know, that I wanted to do this. And uh, I think, yeah, probably about 2004, that was when I decided that I wanted to, you know, try to be this guy that I am. <laughs> Did you see yourself in Michael a little bit? Like, as you were watching Michael, you could kind of, um, you know, draw inspiration from him as a younger kid? No, absolutely. No, I, I mean, I love Michael. He was like my hero with everything. You know, I used to try to copy the way he swam and, you know, it, it was it was crazy because I always, I mean, there's no secret why I swam the same we swam pretty much the same events, you know, even in London, I, you know, I was, I was a uh, four medley, two medley, hundred fly, two hundred fly. Um, I think, uh, you know, he was a big inspiration for me. So uh, yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm grateful for those experiences, those, those early memories. And uh, I think there were a lot of things at the time when I was younger that motivated me. Um, obviously being from South Africa, it's, it's very different to, you know, coming from different countries that are, let's say swimming, you know, like not swimming mad, but you know, you, it's a different sport on this side of the pond, you know? Mm. And I think only after, after London, that's when swimming really kind of got on the map, if that makes any kind of sense, where it became quite popular and people are actually starting to watch it again. Um, and, you know, I think before that, it was quite a, a dull period for us South Africans. So, uh, yeah. When did you first come into contact with Graham Hill? When did he, when was he starting to coach you? Um, Graham, we, we, we went to Graham, I think, uh, I think I was eight or nine years old. Um, mm-hmm. I swam with my with my school team. Yeah, a very very uh, long time. And uh, I was swimming with my school team. And uh, Lindsay Manti, that uh, my teacher at the time, said, you know, you, you said to my dad, you got you know, the kid's got talent. You know, you need to take him to a coach. And the whole story of oh, my dad said, you know, where should we go? And you know, she suggested Graham. And um, you know, it kind of the rest was kind of history from there. You know, so we we worked together for I don't know, sixteen. Yeah, 16, something, 17 years. So, uh, yeah. I mean, when I was eight, nine years old, it was it was for fun. You know, up until I was 12, 13, it became, you know, not necessarily more serious, but, uh, you know, the the emphasis, you know, became more on swimming. But I was just doing it, you know, at the time I was doing other sports, soccer or football, you know, played rugby, you know, coming from South Africa, did a lot of sports type of thing. So it wasn't necessarily like swimming eight, nine years old, you know? Yeah. And, and I guess you you kind of had a, an affinity and a, and a, you know, you could handle the workload that the Graham was putting on. You could handle that kind of pressure that it was applying at a young age, you know, in terms of your growth. I mean, you, you obviously um, thrived in that environment, right? Well, you know, it's actually a very good question because if it wasn't for my father, you know, honestly speaking, I don't think I would be like nearly achieved what I've achieved. And I'm not just saying this, you know, because I love my dad and everything, but the truth is, you know, when I started swimming, he always not held me back, but he, he made sure I didn't go to uh, morning practices until I was 13 years old. Mm. You know, I, I shaved for the very first time uh, Commonwealth Games trials. I was 18 years old. That was the first time I shaved. I only put a suit on, the, my full suit, back in 2009, uh, the X-Guide, um, the Arena X-Guide, uh, when I was about to qualify for Rome 2009. And that wasn't because we didn't have a suit, we couldn't afford a suit, whatever. We got given the suits. It's just my dad always knew there had to be a progression. Mm-hmm. So yes, I, I I I trained like like a dog, you know. I trained hard um, when it was appropriate. So up until high school, when I was fourteen, I was still, you know, I was I was training hard, but I was, you know, playing soccer, playing rugby, enjoying life as a kid. When I got to high school, that's when things changed. I started doing some morning practices. Mm-hmm. When I was fifteen years old, that's when I got put into the senior squad, chasing the big guns, you know but still having stuff to progress to, you know, I never, you know, the first time I ever did gym was like, 
three years ago at NG Standard. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like there was always there was always things to progress to for me. So in my mind, it was never, you know, even at 20 or whatever when I won the Olympics, it was never like, oh wow, that's that's what I wanted. You know, even though in my mind, obviously that that's the pinnacle and that's you know still obviously the greatest achievement and best time and whatever. But like um, there was still progressive steps to get me to there. So absolutely, Graham, you know, deserves a lot of credit. Um, we worked really well together. My dad deserves equally you know, yeah. the credit and guiding me and molding me into the swimmer that I am today. And I think a lot of kids, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm speaking out of turn here, but a lot of kids I can speak from, from South Africa want to push their kids eight, nine years old. They want to be 200 fly swimmers. You know, they want to be world champions at 14 years old. Yeah, of course you're going to have the freaks and I mean, not freaks, but you know, the yeah. special kids that come through the ranks. I didn't mean freaks, you know what I meant? Yeah. And uh, they're going to come through and you're going to get the Phelpses or wherever they are. And, but, most of the kids like me, I had to have a progressive, of course I had talent and I worked hard, but there was definitely steps that got me to where I am, you know? And, uh, you know, I'm very grateful for, for understanding that now looking back, I wouldn't have made it if I jumped straight into that, you know, type of training. Yeah, mate, listen, it's great advice. And, uh, it's, it's a message. That a lot of parents, a lot of kids need to hear too, because kids are specializing so young now and parents are pushing them so hard, man. It's just, uh, it's insane. And I love hearing stories like this, honestly, because um, it's so true. I believe in the progression system myself and I believe in holding kids back and, and letting them grow into the sport. Um, so your dad obviously did a fantastic job with that. Now, you know, you, you come onto the scene around uh, 2011, I believe, you know, world champs, you finish fifth in the 200 fly. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, fifth. Yeah. So how was that? How was that experience for you there? So, so for me, actually 2010 was a bigger year for me because I was, you know, in my final year of school and I I won the Commonwealth games that year. Uh, Obviously Commonwealth's not, you know, for a lot of the guys listening, probably maybe not necessarily as big as the world champs or pan packs, whatever, but for us in South Africa, it's huge regarded, regarded as, I mean, you know what it's like, right? So it's, it's, it's regarded as maybe even bigger than the world champs in terms of the country. So I think when I, when I got my, my two goals at Commonwealth, um, you know, I went on to the Youth Olympics after that and, you know, did quite well there. And, and, and I won my first short course world title that year also in 2010, Turner Fly, you know. So mm-hmm. we're actually watching that race the other day. It was actually one of my best, probably best races like ever outside of London. That was, that was really crazy. Um, and then, yeah, 2011 was a big learning experience because that was the first time I kind of, you know, made a final, was competitive, especially in the two fly. Um, and I kind of, uh, I went there and, I, you know, I don't want to say I expected the middle or anything. I was just very happy to be in the final. But I was, you know, I was in lane one. I was I was actually out quite hard that one, I remember. And I actually died at the last 50. Um, I think it was Wu Pong that came past me in lane two. But, uh, yeah, I was happy with my fifth place. And I knew, okay, that's cool. We have 12 months to get to where we want to get to. Um, I was 155.07 that day. So, you know, Phelps was 53.3. So we kind of knew we had, you know, two seconds to drop if we wanted to obviously win the Olympics next year. Uh, yeah, you I mean you dropped it? You dropped a lot to win the Olympics next <laughs> year, man. And uh, and I kind of want to talk about that a little bit. Um, so, how did you go from that to to that? You know, where you you end up swimming one fifty two nine to win the two hundred fly the next year. You know, you go from one fifty five fifth in the world to to you know being Olympic champion within twelve months. You know, less than twelve months. So what happened in that 12 months that helped you make those gains and, and even have that belief system that you could win that race? It's a, I've never thought of it like that, actually. <laughs> it's a, it's crazy to think about, but I just remember, you know, at the time when I was even after school, after 2010, 
my goal was to, you know, my goal was always to try and beat Phelps, you know, I know, you know, it's a cliche and blah, 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 but like, I really did believe it, you know, and I really did visualize that a lot. You know, that was something that I thought about on a daily basis. What made you believe that at a young age? Like, what, 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 you know, he, he wasn't getting beat a lot. He was dominating the world and he, and he had skills that other people didn't have. So what made you believe that you could beat him? So it was just the fact that I just believed that I was going to beat him. I just, you know, if I was a soccer player and I was a defender, I would want to mark Ronaldo and Messi. That's just, I guess, who I am as a person, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, people ask me the question, are you happy you retired? Or are you happy, you know, are you are you upset now that Tristan and Milak are on the picture? I'm like, dude, that's given me an extra three years of my career that these kids have come through. So, like, I'd rather lose to the best than win an event that maybe let's just say Phelps didn't make the final and I won that. You know what I'm saying? I'd rather get the silver medal and, you know, go out on my sword, so to speak, you know? Um, so as, a, as you know, I remember 2011, I mean, it was, it was not a problem for me. I, I always, you know, when I touched, obviously I was quite happy. I was a little disappointed. I thought I could maybe nick a bronze there, 154, whatever it was. I've never been a time guy. So I just raced the race. I have no idea what time I'm swimming when I'm swimming a race. So like when I dive in, especially finals, Olympic finals, Commonwealth Games, whatever, I, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I have absolutely no idea what I, what time I'm doing in the race, you know? So I don't think about, you know, 25 low, 28, 6, 29. 20. I'm just like, let's just race, you know? That's why sometimes some of my races are quite erratic and maybe I've won some finals, which are a little bit slower than usual, but then I've, a couple of months later, I've, you know, broken world records by myself. But it's just, for me, it's always just been about the race. And I, I always wanted to race Michael because I, I always thought, you know, this was my stupid little, you know, 16-year-old mind thinking, I watched him win eight goals in, in Beijing. Um, and I saw the two flying. I was like, that's that's the race that the toughest guy's got to be. You know, you just got to be, it's got to be a dogfight. The toughest guy's going to win that race. That, that was my mentality at the time. So I dedicated myself to just being the toughest guy out there in that two flights. So that's all I kind of did from, you know, 2009-ish, you know, 17, 18 years old through to London. And that's, that's what I prided myself on. I, I, I still don't think I'm the, the best out there, you know, in that aspect, I'm, I wasn't the best swimmer in London. I was the, I was the, the fittest or whatever, the most durable and mentally the strongest, I believe, you know? So that, that was my, that was my beliefs going into London Olympics. And then obviously when you get there, you know, you, you have to respect the Olympics, you know, you, you, you know how it is, you, know, you have to respect your competitors and respect the occasion. And, 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 you know, at the end of the day, I would have been happy with the silver or bronze in London. Of course, you know, I was up against legends, you know, and I was still very young. Um, but my goal was to win. Make no mistake about it. Even that four medley. When I got fifth, I was, I was very upset with that. I was like, I failed. You know what I mean? So that's just where I was at. And that's where I'm still at. <laughs> I shouldn't say where I was at. That's where I am at. I love it, mate. I love it. I love the analysis. Um you touched on so many different little things there that I wanted to talk about, but let's just talk about this for an instant, uh, toughness, you know, as a coach, we, we talk about toughness as, as athletes, we want toughness. So let, let's try and quantify it. Like what is toughness and how did you develop it? How did you, how, how do you think you're tough and how do you know you're tough? And uh, you know what I'm saying with that? Yeah, of course. I understand. No, you know, for me, it was, I'm not trying to go out there and say I'm the toughest guy out there in the world, whatever. No, but you obviously were doing things that, that made you tough. So what, <clears throat> what were those things that made you tough? No, I think just everything about being from where I am, you know, I come from a very humble beginnings. You know, I come from a humble family. I come from, you know, like the facilities we worked at, like I thought they were the greatest facilities in the world, even though 
you know, if you if you if you see where we where we used to train for for, for seventeen years, it's 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 you know. I saw some it's, green it's, pool it's, that you're in, man. I wouldn't. Yeah, my yeah. I mean, thing. I mean, my dad who says that, you know, the the guys on the other side wouldn't wouldn't even go there, you know. But like, at the end of the day, like the conditions made me tough, of course. But my mentality was, you know, I I, I was in a squad where I was in a very competitive squad, and I was young, and I was very hungry, and I'd race all the time. So I would I would just go there and race, you know. Like at the end of the day, it was just it was fun for me. It was fun to challenge myself in that aspect, and you know, I've always said like, you know, if you could measure. I don't know how I'm probably going to say this wrong, but if you could measure, I said this to my dad long before London, I said, if you could put me and it was, uh, you know, where's the other time or Terrence Park and who, you know, idolized, if you put us together with 50 minutes to go and you put us in the same level of tiredness, whatever you call it, lactic acid, fatigue, you know, pro rata, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll come out on top every time. That's all I knew. You know, I just knew if we're coming down the stretch and we're in the same level of discomfort, you know, and whatever, I, I believe that I'll come out on top every time. What What are you so thinking as that, as that's going on? Like what What's going through your head? You like you're just saying to yourself, "You're not beating me." Is that it? That's that's that that that's pretty much what it was. Yeah, I mean, when I was younger, obviously I had to be a bit smarter when I was older, you know, in the training and stuff like that. But I would just like throw the kitchen sink at stuff every day. You know, I mean, we did some hard sets, we did some crazy stuff, of course. You know, we did some fundamentally Hungarian type of work. Um, and no, don't get me wrong, I wasn't the best trainer by any means. I mean, when I was, I was, I was, I tried my best every session as hard as I could. Um, but, you know, sometimes when the Hungarians came down, I mean, remember David Verasto, Evelyn, those guys, and they came down and we did their type of training, 800 medleys, like a t-shirt and stuff. Like I got that that stuff. <laughs> but when it came down to like the fast quality work, mm-hmm. you know, I'd like to say that I was, I was always up there, you know, and, uh, you know, I just, I took, uh, I took confidence from the work that I was doing. Um, and like I said, I was just, I was just very durable in London. I was just very durable, uh, you know, I didn't have any injuries at the time and I was, I was young, I was green. I had a lot of beans, you know, it was just, it was different, you know, like I see it a lot with some of these guys coming through. Um, but yeah, I was just always just, I was just always uh, embracing the challenges more, more than anything. You know, I would never, uh, you know, even to this day, like I, I don't, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't make excuses. You know, it's just, this is not who I am. You know, I don't, I see these guys, these great champions, not mentioning names, but everyone, they, they talk about how they slipped on the start, a terrible turn, too deep on the dive. Man, you'll never hear me say that in my life, even if I've had the worst start of my life. You know, so that's that's the mentality I've grown up with. You know, I got, I got taught never to do that. When yeah. you lose, you shake the guy's hand, you accept it, you take it on the chin, you come back. You know what I mean? So I love that, man. I've always how... respected that about you. I have I have noticed that about you for sure. There's no doubt about it. I mean, you personify that, you you exemplify, you you walk that, you live that. Um I mean, it's obvious Thank to you. everybody. Uh, can you, you think of a particular set that that you remember back then that, that that was preparing you for this killer 200 fly? Is there anything that pops out in your mind? You know, there was there was a day I think six weeks out. We were in Pescara, uh, little town in Italy. We used to go there all the time, and, and we did a, a couple of sets, uh, which I'm actually doing now. Currently, we've actually made it a little bit harder. Uh, but uh, we did, we did some fifties with a sponge uh, fly. We did like two fly, one free, whatever it was, and. I think I finished on 20, 26, eight after, I don't know how many we did. I was 30 or 40, you know, two, two fly, one free, one fly, one free, two free, two fly, you know, whatever. What, mix what are they on? Um, I, I think it was about 55 ish minute minutes ish at the time. And, and I just remember descending, you know, this was six weeks out. And I just remember really going really well next to the boys were going free next to me. And then they took the sponge off and uh, it was a hot day. It was like 35 degrees, you know, and I don't know what happened that day, but I just remember like smashing the underwaters. 15 every time and just like 
I could just feel myself like flying through, even pulling the sponge. You know, it's not a parachute or anything. It's not like a lot of resistance, small little mm-hmm. sponge. But I, you know, I finished on 26, 26, 8, 26, 8, the last, uh, the last couple, you know, two or three. I think that gave me a lot of confidence, you know. But we did some really hard stuff. We did a lot of like 400 medleys, 800s freestyle, four, four, four times, you know, descending medleys. So it wasn't necessarily the butterfly at the time. I think it was more, I was preparing for that four medley two fly. You know, I didn't know how my brain was going to be because obviously I'd torn it, you know, two years before and I, I, I'd, I'd babied it for many years, you know, so I was never able to really get back to that training, you know. I always wondered what would happen if I continued doing breaststroke, you know, but uh, yeah, you know, that, that's, that's, those are the things that I remember from those, from that time, 20, you know, 2011, 2012. Nice. Did you ever swim or do you ever swim straight 200s fly in practice where you're trying to hold a certain time or do you break it up into shorter distances? Yeah, at the time I didn't do that. I didn't do 200s many times. I did maybe once or twice, you know, three 200s flat on like 350 or 320 or 330. I can remember doing that like once or twice. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not very good at turners and training, even now, you know. I think, you know, Brett, it's kind of weird, right? Like all that crazy work I did as a kid, it's, I'm probably jumping now, but it, it fell away for a while after that. You know, I, I hurt my shoulder quite badly after Olympics in, in December um, 2012. And two, three years, I was, you know, I, I could never get back to that training that I did. You know, I, I, maybe in 2016, I got back to the, I touched the, the levels of where I wanted to be um, in terms of training right not speed and like getting faster and getting stronger but just that like endurance turn of flight training now is the first time i'm better than what i was in training than i was back in 2011 2012 mm-hmm. like i'm doing you know, we're doing some crazy stuff like i know you know james and tom and you know my, my coaches aren't here with me now but like i've kind of you know i've been doing some big work you know so you know we'll see what happens i don't know i don't know what's going to happen but uh we've been working really hard and trying to get back down to those you know, whatever levels that, you know, whatever levels I can get to, you know, I just, uh, uh, I think I'm back to that old school Chad where I've, I've, you know, thrown the kitchen sink at it, but obviously more structured, smarter approach, you know, not, uh, you know, not every session, you know, banging your head against the, against the wall type of thing. So, you know. Right. 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 I love it. Um, or well, well, tell me just quickly, briefly about uh, the, the win in 2012, you know, when I looked at it, you were a mile behind and, and obviously you did that thing where you, you come from behind, but you, you also have that thing that we, we see the way you look around a lot, you know, like it's, it's not something that I would ever coach. It's not something yeah. that I, I would encourage, <laughs> but it seems to work for you. And, you know, like just, Hey, let him go. If, if that's, if that's what works. Has anyone tried to out coach you, you know, coach that out of you? Yeah, I think so. You know, like, um, <laughs> I guess Andrea a little bit when I was with him, he, he tried to, you know, I think 2017 was a good year. I didn't look around too much, uh, just a little bit underwater, but uh, we used to have a rule only one, once or twice per 50, you know? So, uh, I mean, I, I try to cut it out, but I think sometimes I, I'm always very aware of where everyone is in the race, whatever I'm swimming. So, you know, I'm always, even if they're in one, I'm always kind of looking over just to make sure I know where they are, you know, otherwise they're ahead of me or they're behind me, you know, but uh, yeah, I think London was, London was quite simple because we had prepared for that race. We knew what to do. It was very simple. Just swim with him, love him and beat him at the end. It was simple. It was what we, it was what we wanted to do. It was what we prepared for, for many, 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 many months, many years even, like of, 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 uh, of even visualize, you know, visualizing it actually. Um, so when it was happening, it was so weird because I was like, I can't believe what's actually happening. And I'm like, surely I'm not going to beat him. You know, like I'm saying to myself, you know, with 25 to go, I'm like, I actually... Yeah, I'm probably going to beat him. 
I'm like, no way. <laughs> I'm actually going to beat Michael Phelps. Like in my mind, it was just going slow motion. I was just like, obviously I was trying to catch him at everything I could. And sure, a bit of fortune at the end, um, you know, the last five meters. But I think at the end of the day, that was something that I'd seen in my mind a million times, you know, that exact race, him being next to me, it was perfect. It was, it was destiny. You know, that was really destiny for me. And I think, uh, you know, two years before that 2010, my first gold, uh, Turner fly short course, when I won the world, uh, world title, 18 years old, the same thing happened. I touched fifth at 25 to go. If you watch that race, it's very hard to get actually. I won by five hundredths of a second. The world record holder, Kayo Almeida was on in lane six. And the fastest man in the world, Laszlo Shea, was in lane four at the time for short course. And I was in lane five, right? Yep. And the same thing happened in London, right? Where Phelps, the world record holder, lane six. And the fastest man at the time that year was, was Takeshi Matsuda in four. Mm. It finished the exact same way, five one hundreds ahead. And two days before, four and immediately, I got fifth to Ryan Lochte in that race. Oh, wow. And the same thing happened. It was almost, it was the weirdest thing ever. Like when I got fifth at four immediately, my mate said to me, my mate Lee Shankin, he said, he said, you're going to win this two fly. Because that's the same thing that happened, you know, 18 months wow. ago in Dubai. Wow. So it was weird. It was just, uh, you know, stage of your moment. So you're, you've never been devastated by a loss necessarily. Like, you know, finishing fifth and obviously planning to win that race, but then coming back a couple of days later and, and winning the 200 fly. How, how, how do you respond to losses? Uh, you know, I think, um, I don't know. I've always said you don't, you don't really judge a man's character for how he actually celebrates victory. You know, you judge it for when it's backs against the wall. So for me, that's what I always go by. And uh, yeah, it was a tough one. Look, at the end of the day, I was, you know, it wasn't the worst result fifth, you know, but I expected at least a medal. So I was quite disappointed. Um, but then there's nothing I can do about that. You know, I think I've had much more devastating losses in life and in swimming, you know, than, 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 than that. And uh, at the end of the day, you, there's nothing you can really do. You know, you just got to come out being positive. You got to come out swinging, you know, that's, all, that's always what I do. Um, but you start questioning you know, things, it, right? Like if you if you're expecting to win, you finish fifth, and you start questioning, have I done enough work? Did I do the right training? You start to doubt yourself, right? Doubts start to creep sure. in. So how did those doubts not creep in for the 200 fly, or, or did they? And how did you get rid of them? You know what? I don't know. I don't. I don't remember too much of that because it was such a bit of a blur that that week. But I just remember swimming the heats, <clears throat> swimming 155.3, but like really casual. I think I had Tyler, Tyler Clary next to me. He just out touched me. But like I was swimming within myself, you know. Mm. And then the semifinal that night had Matsuda, you know, a guy that's nearly beaten Phelps for the last decade, you know, come close so many times. He just I touched me and I did a new record, 154-2. And I knew with respect, like he's not beating me tomorrow night. I said, I don't know what Michael and these boys are doing, but I said he's not beating me. Like I had I had a bit left in the tank, you know, and and uh yeah, it was it was from there I kind of was like, Wow, okay, I'm swimming like this now. You know, I'm going to be faster tomorrow. I don't know what that, what that means necessarily. I, I hate to focus on the time because I feel like whenever I focus on times, I never do it. Whenever right. I focus on trying to break a world record or break a PB, it just never happens. You know, mm -hmm. it just never, ever happens. So I think I just focused on the, the process, focused on the race. Um, you know, I didn't really worry too much. I was, I was excited. I was excited to race Michael. It was my last race against Michael because he was retiring. I mean, he, he announced it before. So if I ever wanted to beat him, that was my moment, you know. So. How, how did Michael react to the to the loss just between you and him? You know what? He was very, I must be honest, he was very cool about it. Uh, I mean, obviously he wasn't happy, <laughs> you know, right afterwards. But he, you know, he, he took it like a, like a man. And, uh, you know, he, uh, I remember in the, in the, the, 
what do you call it? The ceremony room, you know, when yeah. you're sitting on the chairs there. And I remember him sitting there, um, you know, second, you know, you got the silver, gold and bronze. And then they were both sitting there and I just walked in and I was like, oh my gosh, like I just, I just, I just won it. You know what I mean? Mm. I almost like started crying backstage. I actually did. And I was like, oh dude, don't cry for the Phelps, man. Don't do this. <laughs> and I was like, I can't believe that I've just beaten him. You know? And it was, uh, it was an amazing moment because, you know, again, I say this, like I, I'd seen this in my dreams, in my, in my, in my, you know, in the shower, driving in the car. Like I just, that's what I, what I wanted, you know, I wanted to beat Phelps. I just wanted, you know, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to be like him, you know? And I think um, that's, uh, it all, in that moment, it kind of really hit, hit home, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Big moment for you, the country, for, you know, your family. I mean, yeah, but, but I love the fact that uh, the dream became a reality and then it hits you, it slaps you in the face when you walk into that, you know, the mental ceremony room and they're just sitting there. It's crazy. It's like, man, what a feeling. It's unbelievable, man. It's yeah. crazy. It was crazy. I almost felt like I didn't know what to say because I was like, almost like, not embarrassed, but I was like, dude, I just, ah, I worshipped you guys and I'm like, yeah. and I'm like, dude, I don't know what to do yet, you know? Yeah. But they were very nice about it. He was, look, he was, you know, I, he, he knew how I felt about him, you know, going to Olympics. Like I, you know, we both were sponsored by Mega Ambassadors. So like we'd, we'd met, you know, before in, in America that, that earlier that year. And I don't think he knew that I was coming from him. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. he didn't know. But I mean, he, I had so much respect for him, adoration and, you know, you know, he was that. that's what it was for me. Was it hard after that where, where obviously that race changed your life? I mean, they've made documentaries about you now. And I mean, I mean, you're a superstar, worldwide superstar, no doubt. But has that become difficult to manage um, that level of fame? Thanks for that. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, what? I, I'm still a normal guy. You know, I come from, I'm in the same family home I grew up in, you know, the last 20 years. So nothing's changed for me personally. I think obviously after Olympics, like, it was crazy coming home, 10,000 people at the airports. Like it was, it was crazy for me, you know, like just everything that, 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 that changed in my life, wherever I go to the swimming pools, people know me mm-hmm. taking pictures and yeah, to, to a certain degree, you know what? Like if I'm honest with myself, to a certain degree, it softened, it softened me up a bit because I wasn't used to it. I was like, I don't know what the saying is, you know, you know, when you're sleeping in silk sheets, it's hard to wake up in the morning. Not that I was ever sleeping in silk sheets, sure, but sure. to a certain degree, uh, that hit me, you know, I didn't, you know, you, you, I, I never lost that fight, but, uh, you know, it was just, I don't know, at the time I got injured, it was, it was difficult. It was a weird moment for me, you know, it's sure. a weird, like two years afterwards. It wasn't, you know, I was, I was happy. I was very happy for a long time, but then I wasn't happy for a long time, you know, that, like almost that post-Olympic depression hit me a little bit in mm-hmm. 2013, you know, afterwards, cause I was like chasing that high and like, I couldn't feel like what I felt at the Olympics, you know what I mean? Right, yeah. And then you have to train and go through the motions. And then obviously there's this other issues that come up and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, you know, you, I do wish I could go back to, to, to ride off the Olympics and redo that period over. I really do wish I could because I feel like, um, I just feel like I've learned a lot since then, should I say. I feel like I've learned a lot about myself, about where I wanted to be, you know, happiness, swimming, um, you know, just life, I guess, you know, just growing up. Sure. When did you, um, who, who was your coach in 2016? When did, when did you leave Graham? So we, so we left right off the Olympics, you know, but it was a you know, decision that I was leaving regardless of results. You know, it okay. wasn't about, it wasn't about the silvers. I mean, the silvers are still, you know, it's still a decent achievement, I guess, but it wasn't what I wanted, but I mean, yeah, we, we parted ways right after that. And uh, yeah, I was kind of on myself for a while. And then, you know, energy standard came along, which was a, which was a great, um, I don't know, just, 
it changed up everything again. You know, like it, it gave me new life. I was, yeah, I was, just, I was happy. I was happy again to be in a team. You know, I don't know. People appreciated me there. I was treated really well. I had great people around me, great coaches, um, teammates. Just, I don't know. It was just a different, different dynamic. Chad, is, Chad was a different person in 2017 than I was from 2013 to 2016, you know? Yeah, man, I've, I've, never, much, seen, I've much, never seen you happier. Yeah, I'm, I'm very happy there, you know? And I think, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's strange, you know? Like, I've, I've said this, I said this going into, you know, last year, you know, and, you know, last couple of years, like, I'd, I'd rather lose with the guys that I have in my corner, you know, and, 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 and be happy, you know what I mean? Not, not lose, but, yeah, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, like, yeah. like I'm, 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 I'll die for these guys. You know what I mean? Like these guys are, these guys are amazing. And, and, and my coaches and my teammates, and I'm just, I'm very grateful for that, you know? And I think, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, like I say, you know, after a couple of years, it is, it gets difficult, you know, with, uh, you know, after 2012, it's, it's, uh, you know, it wasn't necessarily the same going into 2016, so to speak. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I do want to talk more about that, but just let's go back to 16 just real quick. What was it like knowing that Phelps was back? It was amazing. It was great. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. I, I was I was super excited about the challenge. You know, I think, um, you know, it, it wasn't the greatest Olympics for me. Obviously, I was quite disappointed with my two fly. That was probably the worst. That was the worst race of my career. Um, <laughs> why but, is that? You know, why, why, why did it go so bad? Oh, you know, I don't, you know, I'm not going to say why, you know, you know me, I'm not going to yeah, say why, sure, but sure. you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, it was, it was a tough, it was a tough pull to swallow because I, I do feel like, you know, if we had to run it back, it, it wouldn't have gone the same way, you know? So I just, you know, without taking anything away from Michael and, and the other guys, you know, um, Japanese guy and, and uh, um, Thomas Kinderesi, you know, got bronze, like, you know, I just feel, you know, that was, that was a really hard race to swallow, you know, all my other, Losses and whatever it is, what it is, you know. But that one was a tough one, you know. I think gotcha. that two free, for, that two for, two free for me was like a gold medal. I mean, I guess it was a gold medal because of Sun Yang. But yeah, talk to me but, about that. Like, uh, but, you know, the two free itself. That was before the two fly, was it? Yes, yes, it was before okay. the two fly. So the two free, like, why, <laughs> why even swim that? You know, you you know, you've got Michael, you know, coming up in the two fly and, and some other, and and that's your in your defending sure. camp. Why'd you even attempt to swim the two free, even though you got the silver? By the way, it was a <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, 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 of course, of course. No, no, I, you know, like I say, you know, there's, there's things I would have done differently, you know, heading into that Olympics. But I think um, the way it all panned out was, you know, look, it was, it was, it was great. That, 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 that silver or that gold, whatever you want to call it, that was, that was huge for me because it was a huge PB. I swam it amazingly. I know in New York, it's some two free, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, that's good. And that's I think, uh, yeah, yeah, I haven't swum it really since, to be honest. So we'll see what happens <laughs> this year. Um, but yeah, I think, I think at the end of the day, um, yeah, look, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. I think uh, the two fly was, uh, you know, we just, it's one of those where, you know, we just, uh, maybe maybe if I win, win this year, I'll, I'll tell you exactly what happened. You uh, you 100% believe that Sun Yang was a straight up drug cheat at that time and you got beaten by a cheat? Oops, sorry. My phone went on power saving. Can go. you see me there? Yeah, I got you. Hey, you know what? I, I have absolutely nothing personal against Sun Yang as a man, I don't know him personally. You know, I just know that, man, the guy failed the test in 2014. I don't, I don't believe that. I believe that if you're cheating, you're cheating. You know what I mean? Simple as that. If you cheated once, you know, you've been, you know what I mean? He's smashing so his think, blood vials as well. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, at the end of the day, it is what it is. You know, I don't want to speak ill of the man. I don't know him personally, but at the end of the day, you know, you can't be killing generations like that, you know? 
that guy won too many gold medals, too many, too many things over the years. You know, a guy like Ryan Cochran, man. Guy would be double Olympic champion. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it is what it is. Um, <clears throat> you think the Olympic Committee should award you the gold medal? You know what? It's not necessarily about awarding me the gold medal because that moment's passed and I lost <laughs> that and people wouldn't really care. And I'm not, you know, it'll be more about for my record. You know, I want that. Like if I break my leg tomorrow and I don't swim again, I do believe that my record should say two goals, two silver at the Olympics, individual. You know what I mean? I, I believe it should be. But, you know, it doesn't matter. It's not, it doesn't define me. This doesn't, it doesn't worry me. I don't lose sleep over that at all. You know, mm-hmm. I lose sleep over that too flat, not that too free. That too free was great. You know, regardless of what people are doing, I know who I am as a, as a man and as a person. And, you know, things like that don't define me. You know, and I think um, at the end of the day, you know, maybe there will be something that will happen in the, you know, Lance Armstrong situation where, you know, whatever, you know, it's, it's not, it, it's, it's, Right now, I'm focused on the Olympics. It's not about it's not about anything else. If there was by some freak chance, I, I know it's going to you know different courts of arbitration and stuff. But by some freak chance, he got his um, you know suspension overturned and was able to swim in Tokyo. Would you protest that? No, mate. I don't. I wouldn't bother me. I mean, yeah, it, would, it wouldn't be great. I would not going to be happy, of course. Would I be happy swimming? No. But uh, as a, as a competitor, I, it wouldn't make a difference. I got to beat. Guy's better than Sun Yang if I want to swim that too free. I mean, you got a killer and Dennis Rapsis who's tearing it up. 144 lows. I mean, at the end of the day, they are going to be other guys, you know, whether, you know, it's Sun Yang or not. I mean, I don't look at anybody in particular. It's not, it's not a, you know, I just, I just see what I need to be and I see guys that I need to beat, but it's not, a, you know, it wouldn't bother me at all. Yeah, makes sense. All right, let's drop him. You know what I'm saying? But in the, yeah. No, but in the same, in the same breath, should he be swimming? Absolutely not. But I'm saying at the end of the day, if he is swimming, it's not going to change the yeah. way I saw you know Whatever, I mean? mate. I had the same. I had the same um, thought. Actually, in two thousand, no, two thousand, a little bit earlier than that. Nineteen ninety-five. I went to the uh, World Championships in Rio. I actually finished fourth. I tied with Gustavo Borges in the fifty-three in Rio uh, at the World Short Course Championships. It was my first World Short Course, and um, the guy that beat us for third was a Chinese guy. And a couple of months later, he got busted for for drugs. And you know, I felt the oh, same yeah. way. You know, I was like, you know, you. I, the medal, I could care less. You know, it would have been nice to get the result to say I got third in the world, but, you know, it's like whatever. But, you know, you line up with whoever you and, and you, you beat them at whatever game they're playing, you know, and that's kind of my mentality. Of course. Well. Absolutely. Well said. That's exactly our fault. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. Let's move on from that. Well, tell me just quickly about this, uh, the whole incident with Phelps and the shadow boxing. Like, how did that go down in your mind? Nah, man, that was... That was blown out of context completely. Like I was, I was messing around completely. It was the semifinals. That wasn't the final, by the way. And uh, I don't know who it was. I think it was Jimmy Guy or one of the boys there. We were just messing around. Like the camera didn't show him or whatever. And uh, yeah, it wasn't even. Oh man, it's something that completely got blown out of context. I think even after that race, I remember Phelps after the semifinal. After that, it happened, and you know he was so mad at me or whatever. Uh, I remember we were doing interviews afterwards and he's like a little slap on the side. He's like, hey, mate, see you tomorrow. You know, it wasn't, you know, maybe it was personal to him. I mean, it didn't seem like it completely to me, but I think whatever for the swimming world, maybe it, it drew a bit more harp and yeah, it looked stupid on me because I didn't win or whatever. But it, it, like I said, I wasn't doing it for Phelps or doing it for anything. I was literally, I didn't even know the cameras were on. We were literally just messing around in the back. Did, so. did it bother you for the next 24 hours kind of thing that it, that it got misconstrued like that? You know what? I didn't really see it, to be very honest, because I didn't use social media and stuff like that during Olympics and stuff, and I changed my number. So I didn't really see it until it was after, afterwards. Um, you, know, you know, it was tough for me after that race because 
you know, I was defending champ and I know like a lot of the people were hating on me for, I don't know what, <laughs> because it was Phelps, I guess, you know, a lot of the American guys, um, not necessarily the swimmers, but just like the trolls on the internet. Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, I saw a lot of things on online, man, that was like, couldn't believe people could say stuff like that, you know, like really bad stuff. And like, I'd be lying if I said it didn't get to me because it did get to me, got to me really badly. But, you know, that's, that's life. You know, I just, um, I saw it for what it was, you know, I wish they would say that to my face because then we'll see what happens, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, that's what they are. They're trolls, you know, and I think at the end of the day, there was a mutual respect between me and Michael. Sure. They got blown out of proportion a few times with things that were said between us, but like I've always said, win, lose or draw, man. You know, Laszlo's a good friend of mine. He beat me. He beat me for the first time after London 2015 in Kazan. Too fly. We still went for drinks dinner afterwards. He still invited to my house. Nothing changes. It's not personal for me. You know, same with Phelps. It didn't, the way I felt about him before after didn't change whether I win or lose. You know, we still went to the mega house. We still, you know, met his wife and his, you know, boomer. And it was, it was awesome. You know, it was great. And, uh, you know, it would have been better, obviously, if I'd won <laughs> like it was in London. But I think, at the end of the day, for me, I feel like sport becomes very personal and it shouldn't be. It's not personal. You know, at the end of the day, I, I'm trying to be the best that I can be for my, for my family, for my country, for my teammates, you know, for, for, the, for, the, for the fans. Um, and, you know, just because I beat some guy, they beat me. It doesn't, doesn't change anything. You know what I mean? It doesn't change the way I feel about you personally. Yeah, so. I got it. I love it, mate. Well, listen, we touched on this a little bit earlier. we got some new kind of animals on the scene. Uh, Christoph Milak and Caleb Dressel, you know, some, there's always someone coming through, but the, these guys are really kind of standing out as two, two guys that are, are putting it together, right? Oh, absolutely. Phenomenal. 2019 was their year, man. They were, they were I mean, even last year was Dressel's year, I guess, but sure, man, they were, they were phenomenal. Uh, yeah. Best ever fly swimmers. I mean, you could say, I guess, you know, after beating Phelps records. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, uh, they're young, they, they're hungry, they're good doesn't change anything for me you know I'm, I'm very motivated by them and, and they motivate me a lot and you know whether it doesn't maybe maybe it doesn't happen this year but it will it will happen eventually we'll get them do you look at what they're doing <laughs> i love that i'll get them <laughs> you'll get them <laughs> sorry you caught me there um i love it man i love the mentality <laughs> um do you do you look at them and see what they're doing you know in terms of their world records and think that that's possible for you too like that that speed yeah, I, I don't know. You know, I'm not a very technical type of guy, as you can hear. You know, I just I just look at it as, you know, I break it down. I say, look, it's going to be a race when you race. You know, look, 2019, I wasn't in the race. <laughs> they blew everyone out the water. You know, I was, I, you know, I got the bronzes and whatever. But I think, um, you know, of course, I, I'm prepared. I'm conditioned. I prepared myself to be the best that I can be. And I just want to be in a race. I want to have a good knock and see what happens. And, and you know, you know, you We'll see what happens when 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 the race comes, but I I believe that I will be competitive against both of them. You know, I'm not saying I'll beat them by any means, please. I'm not saying that it, but by any means. But I think I will be competitive. I believe, you know, especially me and Dressel, we're gonna have some fun in the next couple of years, especially short course ISL. He broke my world record. You know, I'm 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 confident I'll get it back. You know, whether he gets it back after that, I, I believe that we will have a, a fun couple of years ahead, especially in the lead up to 2024. You know, and he, and he's a great guy. You know, we we've spent a lot of time together on the ISL. He's a really cool guy yeah. and, uh, and a great ambassador for the sport, you know? So again, no hard feelings towards anybody. Um, and yeah, I mean, like, I mean, great guy, great, uh, sorry, great man, 150 point. That's, that's so quick. That's crazy. Yeah. It's so crazy. Quick. It's so. his, uh, his back half, man. Ooh, damn. 
Um, but tell me this, what's your, what's your persona? What's your energy in the ready room? How do you act in the ready room? I don't know. I think it's, I don't really think about that too much. I guess I'm just more relaxed, ready than anything. Uh, that, that ready, ready room in Rio was not high. I promise you that's not high. No. Uh, yeah. I mean, forget that, but how are you normally? Are you just, are you talking? Are you in your yeah. own zone? No, I'm more in my own zone than anything. I mean, it depends. Finals, I'm always in my own zone. I think heat semis and finals are different races for me completely. You know, that's why sometimes I'm always on lane eight or lane one. Trust me, it's not my choice. I'm not doing that tactically. I just, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot when I saw semis and heat sometimes, you know, I've missed many finals and semis over the years. Uh, so you just have a different mentality choice. in finals? Like in, in finals, you flick a switch? Different. Really? Different, yeah. Completely different, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm actually more nervous for the heats than I am for the finals for sure because it's just that first race I'm like oh I got to get through the finals I'm I'm of course there's an element of nerves I'm, I'm I'm always quite nervous for every race you know but I'm I'm excited I embrace the challenge I know what I got to do it's 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 just fun you know I think at the end of the day like uh you know it's 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 sports you know it's 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 what it's what gets me up you know I, I look at these challenges you know I look at Phelps over the years and he was a huge challenge for me I look at these young guys coming through I'm 29 this year you know what I mean on paper I got no right to be in the same pool as these boys you know smashing world records but I'm going to be there all right whether whether that's a medal this year fifth or eighth or 16th I have no idea whether it's gold I don't know either you know what I mean I just know I'll be ready I'll be focused you know I'll it's kill or be killed you know what I mean I'll be there I'll, I'll try my best to to win as I always do you know, I'll not swim for second or third. Maybe that sometimes, uh, you know, go out too hard sometimes, but whatever, I will go for the kill every single time. So whatever happens, happens. I'll do my, myself, my coach, my, my coaches, my, my, my family proud. And that's, that's for me is the most important thing because at the end of the day, I've said this many times, you know, and I talk about these young guys, you know, the uh, only person you can't beat is a guy that never gives up. So as long as I'm swimming, as long as I'm injury free, I'm going to keep coming back. As long as my body can let me, I'm going to be in the mix, hopefully. And, you know, God willing, I'm going to be up there in the medals, in the mix. And, and hopefully I will have another, another Olympic title, touch wood, to my name before I retire. And uh, many world titles and ISL titles and Commonwealth Games titles. You know, that's, that's hopefully going to be my legacy. Well, it sounds like you're planning on many years. You're not just planning on this year. It sounds like you're, you're planning for Paris too, which is great for all of us, man. We, we, we want you to keep swimming uh, at this level. <laughs> Thanks. We, we love it. But t- tell me this, when you hear that final whistle uh, right before you get up on the block, or maybe even when you stand up on the block and you look down the pool, what's going through your mind right then? Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, I guess it depends on the race also. You know, I think, I mean, I don't, I don't think too much of anything really. I just think about, I just think about racing. I don't think particularly about, you know, if, if it's a really tactical race, like the two free, or I got to go hard, I guess I'm you know, thinking about let's, let's have a good dive. Let's have a good underwater list and let's go, you know, but like, if it's a two flyaway, I'm going to, you know, try and race a guy next to me. I'm just going to think about racing him. You know, if I've got Tom Shields over there. I saw like, it's quite easy to prepare for that. You know, I think the hardest ones are when you, have to set the pace or you have to whatever, you know, that's when you got to be like, okay, I got to change up what I'm doing here. Um, but also you don't want to be predictable. You know, a lot of people over the years become predictable. I think a lot of people think that I'm predictable now maybe because I've gone out quite hard in some races and, you know, died off at the end a little bit. And, you know, back in the day, I would do the opposite, come back hard. So I think now that I've got that balance right, you know, I think, uh, I think I can surprise a few people with what I, what I can do. So yeah. it sounds like you've been so we'll, experimenting a little bit with your race plans of, you know, changing up. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think 
at the end of the day, it always goes back to not thinking too much before the race. Because every time I think too much about doing a certain time or getting everything perfect, the turns and all that, man, I don't count anything. I don't count my kicks. I don't count my strokes. I don't count my underwaters. I have no idea what I'm doing when I dive in. Like, I somehow make it to 15 perfectly on every dive. You know, I, I don't count my strokes, short course, whatever. Like, I mean, that's just, you know, maybe but, I'm but, but doing you put it wrong. in hours you know of practice. I mean? that, you know, yeah, I no, think no, no, we're, no, we're bypassing that too. You know, the hours of practice you put in, um, you're not just winging it by any means. No, 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 I'm not winging it. I'm saying, but like, if I go then, I think five strokes. Yeah. Actually, I'm talking yeah. short course now. Yeah. Seven strokes. Like, man, it just throws me off. I tried yeah. that and I saw it. Just, yeah. I got slower. So, like, when I just go then, I'll be free. Yeah. Be free thinking, you know, not thinking too much about anything. I, I usually perform the best when I do that. Yeah. Um, I asked Sarah Sostrom about this. You know, tell me about your connection with uh, James Gibson. Obviously, fantastic coach, uh, you know, great friend of mine. I think he's incredible. T- tell me about your relationship. Oh, he's, he's phenomenal. For me, like, you know, I've, I've been around a lot of coaches and, you know, and I think for me, he's the best that I've worked with because of the understanding of swimming and his understanding of swimmers, the relationship, you know, the, the fact that certain people need different things, you know, and I think, yeah, he just, he's just great. You know, I mean, we had a, we have a friendship obviously outside the pool also, but just uh, as a leader too, he's just a, a great uh, like ambassador for that. Yeah. You know, he, he leads yeah. by example. I mean, you know how he is. And I think, uh, yeah, I couldn't have asked for a better mentor than James. Um, you know, not only James, we've got other coaches there, you know, Tom, we work well, to, well, very well with together. You know, we've got Delano, we've got Marco, the champ's strength coach. Everyone works amazing together. But James is, for me, is very, very special. And I think, uh, yeah, I'm very grateful for my team that I had. You know, I've said that many times. I really, I really am. Yeah. Well, listen, Matt, I've, I've really enjoyed this. I appreciate the hour you've given me. Thank you very much. This is a great insight. And, um, you know, just thanks for doing this on a Sunday. Big deal for me. And, uh, you know, I loved it. So, listen. No, thank uh, you. Yeah, uh, just quickly um you know tokyo you feel pretty good that it's it's going to happen or are you just you just training as if it's happening no matter what no i'm, I'm i've we've put in a good shift like i said the last seven weeks uh picked up a slight little shoulder niggle after the weekend racing um probably not too smart going 70ks into racing um and then uh yeah just um but i'm fully recovered now i'm going to get back into the pool tomorrow um yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to go and uh, hopefully put on a great show. I think if it if it all comes together, you know, hopefully we can have a bit of a crowd, you know. But uh, yeah, definitely training for it to happen, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Like I say, for me, I, I don't think too much about that. I think at the end of the day, even if it wasn't Olympics, I'd still be training. You know, I'm still trying to be training. Maybe I'll be training a little bit, you know, not yeah. crazy hours like I'm doing now. But I'll be, I would be, I'd be working. That's that's what I do. It's, it's my it's my career. It's my job. It's my passion you know i think it's not you know people ask me oh are you still training like yeah of course i'm training like what am i gonna do you know what i mean like so uh, well tell me about your swim academy real quick you started a swim academy is that right yes uh yeah unfortunately i had to close during covid but uh last year but yeah i started the swim academy right after olympics 2016 i mean you know it was something i was very passionate about giving back to the communities and stuff especially coming from south africa Mm -hmm. so you know we, we opened it up and and i got someone really really great to run it you know like especially for the the, the grassroots levels um and just kind of implementing my philosophy of not killing kids <laughs> smashing them with you know 5k sessions when they're eight years old yeah so yeah we just we started it up really good and then obviously you know COVID came and had to close down and everything like that but i continued my foundation through the through COVID, and we've raised uh we've raised some money and we're gonna 
put it back into the communities, especially in Cape Town over there, because that's where I opened it up. And uh, yeah, it's amazing to see because there's a lot of untapped potential, you know, in South Africa, especially. So yeah, giving back is, is very important to me because again, uh, you know, I was, you know, lucky in the sense that I had a great family. I have a great family, great, great parents that guided me to where I am today. And a lot of kids don't have that in South Africa. Yeah. So if you can just give them a little push, maybe they can set off on that journey and just be a better version, you know, not necessarily be an Olympic champion, but they can just get out of the crime, get out of the drugs, get out of the gangs. You know what yeah. I mean? They can, they can steer their life in a positive manner. So if I can help, you know, 1%, that'd be, that'd be more than enough for me. Well, Chad, listen, mate, you're a good man. Thanks for doing this. Uh, good to see you. And hopefully we'll catch up soon. All right. Thank you. And just before we go, by the way, I don't know mm -hmm. if you remember, 2009, I, I don't think you were the first time we met Warren Ostrom. What did I you do? You don't remember. <laughs> yeah, you don't remember. I actually came, I was excited to meet you. I just wanted to say that. I remember you were there. I think you were there Caesar or uh -huh. I remember it was. And I was there and, and with Graham and he's like, hey, do you know this? And I was like, yes, yes, sir. I'm chatting. Like, hey, yeah, what's up? Yeah, good. Have a good one. Yeah. We're still in the suit errors. Mario Nostrum, Barcelona, 2009. I remember that. <laughs> you got a good memory. Well, yeah, listen, you... I tell you this. Every time I've met you, you've been super polite. Um, you know, you're just, you're just a good kid. You're a good man. Um, I've, I've enjoyed Thank every you. interaction I've had with you. So I appreciate that. appreciate you saying that. And thanks for remembering that. Of course, of course. Thank you very much. All right, see you, Chad. <laughs> Thanks, Brett. Bye. Thanks, Bella. Thank you. Thank you.